Am I Reister or am I wrong? Do not believe the lies. I'm here to give you the facts about sports ratings and TV ratings in general. I have to apologize to Joe Burrow, and I'm almost on the verge of apologizing to Josh Allen as well. Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate, they played yesterday. They got in a fight over the same exact thing men are always fighting over. Ron Rivera is brave and honorable for coaching through his cancer treatment, but how is this affecting his team? And the NBA, they need more Jimmy Butlers in basketball. And of course, my parting shot, am I Reister or am I wrong, is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Check your feelings at the door. This ain't the place for the left, the right, snowflakes, or social justice warriors, and absolutely no BS allowed because I keep it 100. You guys make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts, but even more important than that, make sure you share, text it to a friend, send it to a friend, email it to them, however you do it. If you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up, get notifications, everything. If you want to get a hold of me, shoot me an email, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. Um, and of course, subscribe. And you can listen to the Pac-12 Apostles podcast as well. And you can listen to me on Fox Sports Radio, Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 8 Eastern Time, and weekdays filling in. So we're going to start out with sports ratings because the Get Woke, Go Broke crowd They will tell you, oh, sports ratings are tanking. The NBA is in the tank. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. Uh, Nobody cares about your Black Lives Matter. Nobody Nobody wants to see all this social injustice. Uh, We just want to see ball shut up and dribble. That's what they'll tell you, that people aren't watching. That's an absolute lie because sports ratings are just fine. TV ratings are just fine as well. But there is something that there is that you need to take note of. Because cord cutting is very real and there needs to be a new metric to figure out how many people are actually watching because there is no shortage. That's why YouTube TV, Hulu TV, Google's getting into the TV business, Amazon, because that's where the dollars are because people are consuming on their phone instead of or streaming through their Apple TV, their Google Chrome, their what, whatever the hell their device is. And according to eMarketers predictions for 2019, they expected and what they actually got was over 15% of the U.S. population is cutting their TV, that they are streaming. That's 39, almost 40 million people who are cord cutters. And in 2020, they expect that to go up by 6 million more people. And in 2021, 50 million cord cutters. A CNBC study shows that 50% of Americans have some sort of streaming service, whether it's Hulu, YouTube TV, uh, Netflix, whatever it is. That's how people are consuming their content. 90% of Americans between the ages of 25 and 34 access their television through the Internet. Like, come on, man, but people will lie to you and they'll tell you, get woke, go broke, streaming service, nobody's watching, nobody cares about the NBA. Come on, man, like it's confirmation bias. That's why you have to look at the truth, 
That's why you have to look at stats, numbers, and facts and not just cherry-picked pieces of information. And NBA and NFL ratings, which they said, oh, they're tanking because of a rough week one. The truth is that viewership is down year over year, 5%. However, you have to add in the additional cord cutters. You have to add in the fact that we're in an election cycle, that we just came off a pandemic. People's viewing habits are changed. The NHL just ended. MLB playoffs are going on. You got football, uh, the NFL, college football, all going on at the same time. And the NFL is still putting up uh, the most viewed thing every single week. 19, 20 million viewers, 17 million on every average telecast. It's it's insane. But people want to want to say whatever just because it will rile people up. They don't mention the fact that hockey viewership. Is down 60% from last year and 70% from 2015. And they not woke at all. You look at baseball. Baseball, their initial playoffs barely got a million people. Some of them didn't even get a million people per broadcast. But you're talking about the NBA being down? No, this is just in general. Because ratings for broadcast television overall are down 47% in prime time. This is not just sports. We're talking about ABC, NBC, Fox, and CBS. Down 47%. But all these companies are investing in, you have the the, the CBS app that you have to pay for every month. You, you can stream all these things. Why do you think they're investing all this money in that? Because it makes money and people are watching. They just want to consume it differently than they used to. So that Monday through Thursday, down. Like they used to get 17 ratings points last year. Now it's averaging nine. That's down 47%. But people will tell you it's tanking. No, it's not. People are still consuming their entertainment. They're just doing it in a different way. So there's the truth. Now on to uh, ball. I have to apologize to Joe Burrow. And I'm almost on the verge of apologizing to Josh Allen as well. As quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals and for the Buffalo Bills, if we're counting. So I had questions about Joe Burrow coming out of college. So he played with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Randy Moss's kid, all on their national championship team last year, which was one of the best college football teams of all time. But he was a... he was. T- He was very average the season before. Then all of a sudden, he looks like a superhero. They changed their offense, spread offense. SEC defenses usually don't see that, as you see with Mike Leach. And I was sitting there like, wow, like this is interesting. Like, Is he going to be a good NFL quarterback? Because he had so much talent on offense that my questions were, okay, he was only good for one year. And then he had so much talent surrounding him. Was this really indicative of him? Or were these dudes making superhero plays because he had so much talent? I had the same question about Tua as well. But in the NFL, this dude is completing 65% of his passes on a bad team, six touchdowns, two interceptions, and each week he's giving himself, his team, a chance to win. 
And he's got he's adding value. Rushing, running the ball, escaping ability. Gotta give the man credit. So I have to apologize to Joe Burrow and everybody who said that Justin Herbert was gonna be a bust. I have to have you to shut up as well. He's out there balling too. And truthfully, both of these dudes, if you go back to 2016, look at the quarterbacks who've been one year start. They first started their rookie year. Uh, nobody is having better seasons except for maybe Deshaun Watson and he got hurt. So you look at going back to 2016, Daniel Jones, eh, Dwayne Haskins, eh, Sam Darnold, eh, Josh Rosen, eh, Paxton Lynch, eh, Carson Wentz, didn't even really play. Uh, Kyler Murray, it was all right. Baker Mayfield, mm, suspect. Lamar Jackson, didn't play. Trubisky, bad. Mahomes didn't play. Goff, mm, in the beginning. The only one that you can point to is uh, Watson. And that's why I want to give Josh Allen credit. Well, that's sorry. That's why I want to give um, my man Joe Burrow credit because he is absolutely out there doing it. And so is Justin Herbert. And the reason why I may have to apologize to Josh Allen, which I am not fully convinced yet, is that he's got 12 touchdowns, one interception through the first four weeks of the year. He's absolutely balling, but he still makes dumb plays, at least one or two a game. And once he cuts those out, I will absolutely apologize to the man. But uh, now moving on to Jalen Ramsey and Golden Tate. They got in a fight. Cornerback for the Rams. Used to play for the Jaguars and Golden Tate, who was in Seattle, did some questionable things, uh, maybe with Russell Wilson's wife, but we don't know that for sure. Now he is in, then he was in Detroit, then uh, the Giants. They got in a fight during the game. Well, after the game was over with, and then Jaylee Ramsey was supposedly waiting on him in the locker room, but they got in a fight over the same things men always fight over. Men fight over mainly three things, money, Women and pride. That's what men fight over. And all three came into play with this. So if you don't know the backstory. So here's the backstory. Jalen uh, Golden Tate's sister ran track in college. She dated Jalen Ramsey. They were in a relationship for a long time. They have two kids together. Last summer, Jalen Ramsey broke up with Golden Tate's sister, left her supposedly for a dancer out in Las Vegas. So of course, there comes some pride involved in that. It's a woman and pride. So of course, Golden Tate's very upset about that, understandably, because I would too, if that happened to my sister, especially with a dude out in the league that I didn't probably really want her dating anyway. So, and then there's the money issue. Because you know there's some money involved when there's kids involved. That's just a fact. That is the truth. Um, and during the game, Jalen Ramsey, he tackled him. You know he got up talking mess. There's pride involved there. And I've told you guys over and over and over again that most beefs between professional athletes, probably 80% of them involve women, the majority of them. And the rest of them are about pride or money. That's literally the only thing that they fight about. The money and the pride are easy ones to figure out. But then the rest of them is their family as, a, as it relates to a woman, side chick, wife, girlfriend, something. 
Those are the only things that they fight about. And that's just a, a fact. Uh, moving on. Next thing. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington football team. He was diagnosed with cancer in August. He was diagnosed with uh, um, squamous cell cancer right after he got the, well, not too long after he got the head football job there. And this man is brave. He's honorable. His team is one in three. They are young. They need leadership and all of this. But I was thinking, I was like, is he costing his team anything because he can't give his all? He's had to sit down on the sideline, on the bench, and not coach and all of these things. So while I applaud him, I do think that it's worth noting that he could be costing his team a little bit in terms of their development. And we have seen this with Chuck Pagano when he got in 2012, when he got the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. He was diagnosed with cancer as well. He stepped away. And I felt like from the beginning that this was too much for that. He was expected to do too much already. So the team already had the scandal with the with the name that was changed to the Redskins. They already had the scandal with uh, with the women being treated improperly at, in the franchise. So this was already a lot for Ron Rivera to deal with. And then to add his cancer diagnosis on top of it, that's just absolutely just insane. So I'm not knocking the man, just saying it's a lot. And while he's brave and honorable, my mom just went through this. I see how much it takes a toll on a person's life, physically, mentally, emotionally. And it's impossible for him to be the coach that he wants to be, that he needs to be as this is going on. So there's that. Uh, next thing on is, can we please, for the love of God, get more Jimmy Butlers in basketball? Jimmy Butler for for the Miami Heat, guard for for the Miami Heat, put in 45 minutes last game, 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, but it's not the stat line. It's how hard that this dude plays. Like nobody plays hard. Well, few people play harder than Jimmy Butler. Like he gives everything that he has. But even bigger than that, this dude is not flopping all over the place, falling all over the place. He is doing his thing. Like he's playing with a level of toughness that you don't see from a lot of people. Like, yeah, they go hard, but he's not flopping. He, you, you knock him down. He's not crying for flagrances. Get up and play ball. Because there's a difference between playing hard, working hard, and competing. And Jimmy Butler competes at the highest level, which garners the highest levels of respect. So I appreciate that he doesn't quit. I mean, just absolutely just tenacious, won't give up. Like his team is a long shot. They're not going to win. But he doesn't even believe that. He's like, if I lay everything out here, we can we can be miracle on ice. And I love it. I love it. And all the things that he is are the same things that James Harden, Russell Westbrook, all these other fantastic players are not. Some of them are tough. They don't compete at that level. And they also falling on the ground, begging for foul. No, just go out, be hard-nosed, play tough. That's what we want to see. 
because there's a balance. There's a hybrid between 80s, 90s basketball with all them hard ass fouls and what we have right now, which is softest grandma's love. More Jimmy Butler's. And of course, my parting shot. We are in the fourth quarter of 2020. Fourth quarter of 2020. Been a rough year, but hopefully we're playing the Falcons because they always give up fourth quarter leads. Am I right or am I wrong? Peace out. Catch you guys on Wednesday.